Hey there, Clark Buckner here, your host of the Circle Back Podcast. While our team is busy at work for season two, we want to bring you this special in-between bridge episode, recapping season one with ECCEO Jane Allen. She joined me in the brand new Chase Studio here at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. If you're new around here, you're listening to Circle Back. This is the show where Nashville's most dynamic entrepreneurs share their stories of startup success and stumbles. This episode is a little different. Jane and I sit down and go through some of our favorite moments and lessons learned from season one. Featuring Governor Bredesen, Daryl Freeman, Beth Chase, Cordia Harrington, Dan Crockett, Shannon Terry, and Clint Smith. This episode is brought to you by financial planning and investment advisor, Haas Goodwin Wealth. And a big thanks to our media partner, The National Post, and also Lightning 100. Season two of Circle Back will be here before you know it. In fact, we've already started interviews with some of Nashville's most exceptional entrepreneurial leaders. Entrepreneurs like Brian Fox, Dr. Turner Nash, and Sherry Deutschman, and many more to be announced soon. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. Visit ec.co slash circleback to hear all of the past episodes. And be sure to join our newsletter to be among the first to hear of our upcoming podcasts here at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. And now here's my conversation with Jane. Circle back from day one was something you were envisioning, this podcast project. So take me back to that first day. What did you tell the team and, and, and how did that send us on a rocket ship to the land where we're at now? Sure. No, I think before I stepped in to lead the EC, the EC is an organization that I have supported financially for several years as a way to pay it forward for the hand up that local founders had given myself and my husband um, in our entrepreneurial ventures. And so um, when I went back, before I took the position, I actually went back and read the original founding documents as well as talked to a few of the founding members to understand what is the purpose of this organization or what was it. And then because part of my role was to see, are we fulfilling the purpose? And you know what is the impact we have in our community? Well, one of the purposes of the Nashville Entrepreneur Center was to share the story of the Nashville Entrepreneur. And I think Greg, my husband, actually said, well, you all should just do a podcast. And, you know, podcast is something that, you know, in 2019, we're starting to come around. I know they have been around, but people were actually starting to listen to you. We had listened to them on a road trip. And it was like, yeah, that'd be really cool. They're so growing I, year after year. Exactly. So when I came in on my first meeting, I asked, who in this room <laughs> knows who Phil Bredesen is? And... Unfortunately, or fortunately, um, very few people, maybe one, knew that he was a very successful entrepreneur. People knew him as a politician, but they did not know that he had created a healthcare company in Nashville. And so it was at that moment that I'm like, guys, we've got to capture the history of people like Phil Bredesen and others in our community that may not be well known, that people might not have even heard of, but that helped make Nashville what it is, which is a very special entrepreneurial city. And we want to do it in a way that honors them. So we want it more than just the interview format. We want to tell their story. Going deep dive. And so that was when I I met with Clark and sort of painted this crazy vision about uh, telling the story 
of these amazing humans who have accomplished what very few people are able to accomplish. I mean, these are people who have started, grown, and had very successful exits, and right here in Nashville. And so to me, as we do believe Nashville is the best place to start and grow a business, this also helps align by sharing the story and then hopefully capturing a bit of our history and then hopefully also giving something to them that they can share with their families for years to come. It definitely is going to have a long shelf life because we we want to make sure that this content not only shares the story, but we can also get some good practical tips and tricks from all this. Absolutely. And I thought this is a part of the education because I don't know. I mean, I hope people have listened to them, but if not, I learn something in every single episode and I'm 57 years old. I've started several businesses. I'm, I learn something in every single episode. And so I do think if anyone wants to be an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur, wants to do business with an entrepreneur, they should listen to these episodes because you'll start noticing trends as you listen to these people and their stories. That's a good segue, I think, right into our first clip here with Governor Bredesen. So from entrepreneur turned mayor turned governor, Phil Bredesen, he talks in this moment about separating the signal from the noise. I love solving problems. I mean, it's how why I got involved in physics, I guess, and mathematics and so on in the first place. And when you solve problems, that separating the signal from the noise is what it's all about. Okay, what really is the question you need to be asking here? What do you need to figure out about this? And you know, what are the steps you can take to get from here to there? He has continued the entrepreneurial life cycle in his own way and a variety of ways because now his latest company silicon ranch i just heard that it has a billion dollar valuation the solar energy company mm-hmm. yes he's brilliant and and he's an entrepreneur but he's also a very pragmatic business person and in that little clip he sums up um in my humble opinion a lot of what being an entrepreneur really is I've heard it described here with the mentor advisor program. You know, we have hundreds of these mentors and advisors. And oftentimes I'll hear them say things like, you know, you're going to hear a lot of advice. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you as the entrepreneur, it's up to you to take the best that makes the most sense for you and the problem that you're solving to drive meaningful value. Right. I mean, I think it's, you know, even when I came in at the EC, I met with over 300 people between October 21st and January 31st. That was and day and night. You had you had it, so many meetings. It was I awesome. Remember. I mean, I just met such amazing people that were willing to talk with me and share their thoughts. But that's part of it is I wanted to hear from entrepreneurs. I wanted to hear from alumni. I wanted to hear from CEOs of our local business community. I wanted to hear from investor community. I wanted to hear from our donors. I mean, you know, I just needed to listen to hear a lot of voices. Um, and then... You know, I sometimes describe it as the plate spin, and then somehow the plates just get in alignment. And it's very clear what we need to focus on as we move forward. And he says it much more eloquently, which is, you know, you're to be able to find, you know, to weed out and get to the solution amongst all the noise. And, um, and I do think entrepreneurs are problem solvers. Beautifully said. I love it. 
And this whole theme of circle back, mm -hmm. one of the reasons I remember you wanting to call it circle back is because the final stage of an entrepreneurial life cycle is that circle back stage where not only do you sell your company, in many cases that might be the end of that particular business, but mm -hmm. they either start something else and or they're also giving back locally. They're investing in the up and coming entrepreneurs. And someone who does that really well in Nashville is Daryl Freeman. And this clip here, he's talking about creating something out of nothing. Oftentimes you have to make something out of nothing. And if you grow up poor, you learn how to make something out of nothing. For example, I could go to the refrigerator in our duplex and I would open the door and I wouldn't see anything in there to eat. But my mom would open the same refrigerator door, look inside and find a meal. Learning how to make something out of nothing. I think Daryl's one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram and LinkedIn because he's somewhere I mean, he, he's, he lives an, a really interesting life now because not only is he enjoying life after selling his company in 2017, Zykron, but he is working with a lot of fantastic entrepreneurs and creating a path, you know, on, on the way that he, he went. Daryl is just, if you, I mean, I'd tell you to listen to everyone, but Daryl has so many just words of wisdom about life in addition to entrepreneurship. Um, you know, I, I think one of his lines was, you know, you can't teach hunger. And and I thought that's that's so poignant. And and I mean, but he had lots. I mean, having Sam Howard as a mentor, not only as a business person, but as a husband and as a friend and a civic um, leader. And Daryl clearly um, is a civic leader and gives so much to so many and really does help those who are coming behind. And I do think part of circle back to allude to what you said, it's one as entrepreneurs, often you don't take time to reflect back because as entrepreneurs, you're always going forward. And so just giving these people an opportunity to take the time to circle back to early in their life. And then at the same time, they in turn give time and help others by circling back to help them. No different than at Silicon Ranch for Governor Bredesen. He isn't in there running it. He's got a young team in there, but he definitely gives his wisdom and experience and, and helps them. And he has obviously helped so many others by doing it through public service, being the mayor and the governor. And, um, and Daryl does the same. I mean, all of these people do it just in very different ways. Um, but no, Daryl's just an amazing. I've been fortunate. Um, when I started, Daryl was one of the people that I reached out to. And I had heard about him, didn't know him, and I cold called him. And he was like, sure, come on over. And so he met with me. He talked to me all about keeping your overhead low. And then he took me to the Rotary and he talked to me about the importance to giving back to your community. And um, so when the ECE was started, Daryl was one of the reasons, in addition to a couple other people that um, we'll hear from today, um, that I just always donated money. And when I took this position, I called Daryl and said, all right, you're one of the main reasons I'm here. I need you on my board and I need you on my executive committee. And he hasn't he's disappointed. There. No, he's a great guy. 
on that theme of transferring wisdom and experience and growing up that young team, this is a good transition point for our next clip from Cordia Harrington. She's also known as the Bun Lady. And uh, I'll play this clip. And basically, for context here, she got her big start owning a McDonald's as a franchisee. And here's a moment she described on how hard it was at the beginning. And I just remember every night going home and my feet would be up on pillows and I'd have tears streaming down my face. And But I remember getting the call from Terry going, I just walked in the walk-in freezer. We've got two boxes of French fries left. And we're in our busiest, busiest time. And I'm talking about the interstates going through Effingham, the volume, it, it was like three times what you would normally do. So I, I had to drive a van down to Lebanon, pick up a bunch of fries, get them to bring in an 18-wheeler to bring fries in. I mean, I just make it, it made every possible mistake, every possible mistake. You know, I think, one, Cordia's authenticity is just so... Real, um, but it's so to me endearing. Um, I love because she, she, I mean, all of them do, but Cordia, maybe I can identify. I was raised by a single mom. Um, you know, I also was a working mom, and to listen to her and Beth talk about the balance of being a mom and just doing whatever you have to do to keep things moving forward, and you know, I always called it quality over quantity, um, but being there when they're available. And, but with Cordia, I love one of her lines are, these are, these are working girls' hands. I mean, she'll get her hands dirty. She'll do whatever she has to do. I used to say desperation makes you bold. Um, You know, that was a prime example of driving a van to go pick up the fries to get them to Effingham when you are so exhausted, you can't even keep your eyes open. But you know you have to because you know you're going to have buses stop where you're going to have hundreds of people get off and want those fries. And those are sales and that's volume. And those are also customers that you want to keep happy. And so to me, Cordia and, and almost all of these, if you listen to them, these are innate salespeople. These are people who can just flat sell and give amazing service. And to me, Cordia exemplifies that on steroids. This is so much fun to go through and hear these because, you know, we've spent a lot of time on these, you know, and these, a lot of these entrepreneurs, they're, they're some of the, the most successful in the region. I mean, Cordia Harrington, for instance, um, I believe now, I mean, hey, you start with one McDonald's and then she goes on to become a, a bread supplier, you know, the biscuits and all those kinds of items and builds an empire and now I think is worth more than $100 million. And it's like, what? Yeah, right here. No, I mean, Cordia is just an example of you You see opportunities and you solve the problems. And I think she, um, and she walks through that on her podcast. And then at the same time, I believe she was just... Forbes had her as one of the top women in, right. in the country, yeah. um, wow. as successful women in the country. But again, she, uh, Cordia is who Cordia is, which is just an amazing human being who is willing to be real. Along that theme of being real, that brings us to another high-quality, authentic story. This is with the one and only Beth Chase. And that name might sound familiar because... We get to sit in this lovely Chase studio 
not only has Beth Chase been a huge part of the EC as long as I can remember, you know, she she retired just this last year. She sold her company a couple years ago, uh, C3 Consulting, another person who's giving so much in the community. I think Beth is extremely smart. One thing you will note when you listen to this podcast is we also have some former college athletes, very competitive, very determined, very intentional. And Beth's all those things. At the same time, she also was a mother and she was a single mother and trying to make sure that she could create a business that worked for her and her family, but also her clients and understanding the importance of relationship and wanting to make sure that what you're doing is having a positive impact, not only on your family, but also on the organization and on the customers and on the community at large. I mean, Beth has always been very involved in our community, even while balancing and juggling all these other balls. She always took time to give back and to pay it forward. And so I think that Beth is an amazing person who continues to live that today. She's also very, I think in her podcast, she said she majored in math because it came easy to her. Having the opportunity to work with Beth, I totally see that because she does. It just clicks and it comes easy. And as far as being able to be succinct and and, and I think it's just a gifts that she has that she's been able to give to everyone she's worked with and both internally and externally as well as our community. That's right. She's funded scholarships here. She's just done so much. She shows up, she gives, she gives again, and that positive impact is so real. And so one of the secret ingredients, I think, to how she does it all is she is very purpose-driven, as is you know, all of these entrepreneurs are talking about, but her especially, she makes that such a part of her her beating heart. So this is just a moment from that episode. It struck a chord with me, so I went home. I went for a run. I thought about it all day long, and I worked on it, worked on it, worked on it, and I came up with this purpose. And it's about developing long-term, meaningful, positive relationships that have a lasting impact on all. Those were the words. Those, like, those are the exact words. I feel like I've been living that, and... My next chapter will include, I hope, more of that. I have a new business idea that um, is around the word connect. I'll leave that as a mystery because it's not very well formed yet. But I don't know if I'll start it, but I'll at least think about it. I have a feeling she is definitely going to start it, and she is definitely not done anytime soon. No, like I said, once an entrepreneur, always an entrepreneur. But yes, Beth, that her comment sums up what I was trying to articulate. Um, and I think she has definitely lived that out and continues to live that out. So she was and is one of the the key sponsors to make this podcast happen. I mean, she believes in the mission of the EC. She believes in how important it is to get the stories captured. I'm so glad she agreed. At first, she was like, no, I don't want to be it. But you talked to her and like, Beth, we've got to get your story. And right. she 
thankfully agreed. So this might be a good time to mention some of the other sponsors that helped make season one possible. And one of those is Haas Goodwin Wealth. If someone's been listening along the show, they're very familiar with Haas Goodwin Wealth. But I want to hear from you, Jane, on why you believe in these folks and real briefly kind of the why behind that. We have worked with Art Haas and now Art and Cam um, for years and Art and Cam and their team for many years. And I think that at least for me- When you say we, you mean your family. Our family. And I was going to say, I think that for me, the most important thing when you're looking to work with somebody with regard to your finances or with regard to a trust or with regard to your will and and how you have money set out for your children, trust is the key. And for us, art exemplifies trust. Mm, and so good. we are very... We very much appreciate him. He not only works with me and he works with Greg, he works with our four children. Um, He's helping train them to be very prudent, educated financial um, stewards as well as investors. And he knows what Greg and I believe in. And, um, you know, I just, it's been a great partnership. I love that. And I I love that I got the chance to go down and meet them. And what a great group of folks and Art and Cam and the whole team. Thank you for supporting Circle Back Season 1. And I also want to definitely mention our media partner, Nashville Post. They are so easy to work with. They are so easy to work with. They're super consistent. They have a great pulse on all things Nashville business. And that whole team, thank you, Nashville Post for getting the word out on the show. All right, we are almost through this. I am really excited about this next individual, Dan Crockett. He has arguably one of the largest exits in the Middle Tennessee area. Really unbelievable. I'll go ahead and say it, over $500 million. And he, I learned a lot about the 2007-2008 recession from this guy because basically the types of loans he would give were not predatory there were a lot of predatory loans going around then. And basically, when it all blew up, he got sucked into it, got penalized, almost lost his business, but the guy bounced back. And because he had you know, basically chose a better path, things were quite good on the back end for him. This is going to collapse, and it's going to be a disaster. I was known for it in the industry. I mean, you know, we were the... 14th largest lender in the country. I was on the, you know, many different advisory boards. I was on the board of the Mortgage Bankers Association. They all knew where I stood. So fast forward into 2006, you've got a market that's four times the size it was eight years earlier, and 60% of the market is in this product. So August of 2007, you have the first time in 15 years that housing depreciates. Well, immediately overnight, all the liquidity for the Alte subprime product dries up. I think if you listen to Dan's podcast, you will see that Dan had a tenacity and a strength from the time he was a young child. Again, here's another former athlete, but he was also the fifth 
out of six boys. He he had this spirit about him. I loved in the podcast, he, he admits coming out of college, not really knowing what he's going to do. Um, I think today so many kids graduate and they feel like they're supposed to have their future mapped. And I love that he's willing to share, sort of floundering a little bit and living at home and trying to get a job. And But yet when he had the job, he saw the opportunity. And, you know, my dad used to always say the early bird gets the worm. I'm not sure what his father told him, but he was the first one in the office and he was dressed in a suit. And, and so he definitely just put on this, I'm going to be successful. And, and he has been. So I think even after the federal investigation and all of that, it's not surprising that Dan not only weathered the storm, but came out stronger. Because that, to me, is Dan's story. It's been his story his whole life. And when you listen to the podcast, you can hear that. You know, I was listening on Tuesday mornings when they release, I listen. And I've been at the gym and I had come home from the gym, but I didn't want to get out of the car because I wanted to listen to the rest of the story. Um, it just captured me hook, line, and sinker. And I'm so appreciative of Dan being so real. And for you and Greg and Gaines and Demetria being able to capture the essence of who he is. The collegiate athlete example you just mentioned, that comes out really strong with our next guest, Shannon Terry. And so Shannon Terry, he played basketball at Lipscomb, and he created an online sports media company, and he actually sold it for $3 million. But the new owners who bought it from him, they fumbled it, and so he actually bought it back from them for just a fraction of that, for $500,000. So when he got it back into his possession, he just had one question. How big is it going to be was the only question. That 2000 to 2006, I don't know that a group could work harder than we, we worked. It was a blur. I worked for six years. I probably worked 16-hour days, and I did everything that you can do. That business went from zero in revenue to $30 million in five years and was a rocket ship. It was a rocket ship because he went on to sell that for over $100 million. Shannon is an example. We there we had the um, opportunity to have Jim McKelvey speak, and he started Square, and he wrote the Innovation Stack. And in the book, The Innovation Stack, he talks about entrepreneurs that live inside the wall and entrepreneurs that live outside the wall. Those that live outside the wall see things that most people don't see. To me, that is Shannon Terry. Shannon is brilliant. I mean, I met him the first time I had the good fortune and it's a benefit of this position, Clark, is I get to meet people like all of these people that we're talking about. But Shannon and I had never met and I had the opportunity to meet him. And I just walked away thinking, oh, my gosh, I would love to work with this guy because he is so wicked smart and he is so disciplined. There is, It's clear why he's successful. But what Shannon was able to do is see something that no one else really could see and then be able to create a business around it. Um, to me, you know, Shannon talks about Coach Meyer and, um, and the impact he had on his life. And you can hear that sometimes in the way Shannon talks about business. Um, I think Shannon is just this brilliant person that sees things a lot of people don't see and then is able 
to create something that so many want, but we didn't even know we wanted. I mean, talking about coming to Lipscomb and playing basketball and not being able to watch Alabama football. Now, that's unheard of in 2021. But when Shannon came, he couldn't. And so being able to create something to connect all of these. And he also created something based on his love, which is football. Mm -hmm. So he would love your term earlier, fumble. I mean, he created something based out of his love and then saw an opportunity and or a need and then was able to create the solution and then not only create it, but build it and then buy it back and then build it again. Um, No, Shannon is... He's just brilliant. Sees things people don't see. That is probably another theme along all of these. So our final, the seventh of the seven guests that we had in season one, this is Clint Smith, and he co-founded Emma Email Marketing, and they've been nicknamed Nashville's tech darling. This is one of Nashville's first tech companies. You know, like the cool open space kind of vibe, cool culture, perks, all that. That was, you know, Nashville had that. uh, with Emma really early on. And my favorite part of that story was when he is basically circling back and telling me the final time he left Emma. And not only did he leave this organization and this company, but he left these people that, that they together built something so special. And, and just like those moments with, with Annie and Allison and Marcus and Bo and Sarah and so many folks right over the years, This was another one of them. We had sort of spent the time and effort to build out a really good team, not just to get us to that point, but to, but in my mind, to get us through it, right? Um, And again, some of it was, was personally driven, right? I I knew that I probably wasn't wired to stick around, right? Um, When I, when I leave something, I like to walk away. We believed right from the start that if if all of these people that we you know, sort of envisioned joining us right at some point uh, were going to come in and, and, and for, for in some cases many years right give us their their time and their effort and in some case, many cases their heart and soul right that damn it they ought to have a have a stake in this um, beyond the paycheck and, and beyond the perks on the day of, of closing every every single person um, you know shared in that at a financial level. And when we finally closed and went into the bistro for um, a launch and then a celebration later, um, you know, it was a, it was a room full of high fives and handshakes and hugs and everything you would hope that moment would be. Um, and then, um, as planned, I walked out of the office and didn't walk back in. That is so Clint. Clint was a believer in a team. And it was never about Clint. It was about the team and what they were creating. And um, to me, that clip just epitomizes Clint Smith. And 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 honestly, it's one of the reasons when I came into the EC and I wanted to start this phase four group of entrepreneurs. Which with, is the Circle Back group. Which is part right? of the Circle Back group. But it's any entrepreneur who has exited, who has created you know, started, grew, and sold a business. Um, For me, it was lonely. 
you know, because these are the people that helped you take this vision and build this thing. And, and, and they become your friends and they become the people that you see every day and your purpose is known. And all of a sudden you do walk out and you don't walk back in. And it, it's, um, I think Clint probably adjusted to it better than I did. Um, and, but I think that, you know, to me that epitomizes who Clint is and what he stood for and what he continues to stand for as somebody who does give his time and money to help the next generation of entrepreneurs by supporting the Entrepreneur Center and being on our board and being an advisor in residence or an entrepreneur in residence, um, you know, as well as other things that he does in our community. But yes, that is, to me, that sums up Clint. That's great. Well, I have so enjoyed reliving some of these moments. I feel like I've received like a micro MBA just by listening to all of these, right? And having the opportunity to meet them. I really appreciate that. And getting the chance to work with an amazing team, our podcast team, Greg, Gaines, Demetria, all of them have really brought this to life. And of course, we've got the EC team, Angel and Riley and all the folks helping with the marketing aspect of this. It's been a, a, a village to to bring all this together, especially in such a challenging time in the world. No, I think that that's one thing when I talk about Shannon being brilliant or that's so Clint. Um, the reality is all of these entrepreneurs are brilliant. All of these entrepreneurs are smart, driven people who do whatever it takes to get it done. I think Shannon made that line. Cordia made the line, you just got to do what you got to do. Um, again, when you listen to him, you do just hear these themes that run through and, you know, it's hard work and quite frankly, creating circle back. I know it wasn't easy um, because we're trying to create something that has not been done. We're trying to create a different format. I'm, you know, and I think we believe this show has to exemplify the excellence that these people deserve who have been willing to give us their story to allow us to capture their history. And that's something that you, nor Greg, nor Gaines or Demetria take lightly. And I very much, and, and nor do I. And so I appreciate all the work that you all have put into this. And I'm really proud of what you all have accomplished. And I look forward to season two. We're on the way. We're starting work on that. And lots of cool things coming up soon at the EC. And of course, anyone can always go to EC.co. You can check out all the upcoming events like the Next Awards. I know Tina and Shelby and the whole team are, are already working on getting that big show uh, put together. Um, the live in-person you know, experience. But there's so many things happening at the brand new website. You know, I'm, I'm on the, the site now and it just looks so fresh. So, yeah. and we have our speaker series. Got the speaker series happening. The list goes on. It's probably the best way to jump on that website, jump on our newsletter, get in the know, and all the things. And uh, we'll see you soon on another episode of Circle Back. All right. Thank you. And there you have it. Thanks so much for joining us for our season finale. To learn more about our programs, either as an entrepreneur or someone looking to give back, visit us at ec.co. To subscribe to the show, head on over to ec.co slash circleback. From the Chase Studio, Circle Back is brought to you by the generous support of the Beth and Randy Chase family. 
Additional support for Season 1 is from Haas Goodwin Wealth. Thanks to the National Post for all of their support on Season 1. Be sure to join their newsletter at nationalpost.com. And thanks to our friends at Lightning 100 for helping us get the word out. And a big thanks to our team from our creator and executive producer, Greg Allen, scripting and story support from Demetria Kaladimos, and production support from Gaines Allen. I'm Clark Buckner, and we'll see you soon on Season 2 of Circle Back. <laughs>